Okay, Bill, when I name this song, when I say I would do anything for love, but I won't do that, parentheses. Yes. What one word would you use to describe this song? Maximalist. Ma- <laughs> That's I was going to say, I was going to go the other way and say it's incredibly subtle. Yeah. But uh, no, that's a that's a that's a good descript- descriptive word for uh, for this song, uh, maximalist. Um, is that an actual word? It is. I learned it over the weekend when uh, researching the song. <laughs> okay, fantastic. Actually, I think I learned it in something. And actually, I think I actually taught this to a class. I had no idea what I was talking about. <laughs> now, now I knew it was it, it was this song. I think it was for post-modernity, but yeah. I didn't pay too much attention. Well, welcome to Bill and Frank's Guilt-Free Pleasures. And this is uh, the confession part of the episode where Bill admits that he doesn't know what he's teaching all the time. Yeah. The key is you just got to fake it till you make it. Yes. But I'll tell you, Meatloaf ain't fake in, in this song. Oh my goodness, no. This song is all sorts of everything. That's I don't know how else to say it. That's a pretty good uh, summary. Yeah. All sorts of everything. Let me give you um, this quote from a couple magazines, what they had to say about this song. Yeah, yeah. Just to kind of uh, put this in perspective as a guilt-free pleasure. The uh, Blender magazine in 2004, looking back on 50 years of music, said this was one of the 50 worst songs of all time. Okay, Blender doesn't know what they're talking about. Okay. The Fort Worth Star-Telegram said in 93 that the songs on the whole entire album were way too long and Steinman vomits up 75 minutes of endlessly repeated chorus. It says it was the worst album of 1993. Uh, The Grammys would disagree, but uh, go on. Finally, the Des Moines Register says uh, that the album was wallowing in excess so gratuitous as to make Michael Bolton, by comparison, seem a master of understatement. (laughs) Mountains of banshee-like wailing guitars, thunderous drums, herniated vocals, profoundly stupid lyrics. Gack. This isn't pandering to the lowest common denominator. It's lowering the lowest common denominator. Okay, when when the Des Moines, what was it? The Des Moines uh, Register. Register said the, the, the guitar solos, the thundering drums, the lyrics, those are all the greatest parts of any song well this is why this is a guilt-free pleasure well yeah and i I, if i could put this in a bit of a uh okay i gotta get the word i'm putting it in not a box putting it in a mausoleum (laughs) mausoleum yeah in a certain context for me i can only revisit this at certain times of the year yeah yeah so this is uh this works out nicely for us um not necessarily the song itself but the video that accompanies the song this is uh coming out for our this is our halloween episode essentially yeah and the great part is that we well we call it a halloween episode but you can listen to this in august and still enjoy it because it's not like a specifically halloween song no but uh no this song is uh it's overindulgent in the best way possible i think you can try and sing along to it but there's no way that you can sing along to it because it's just so powerful and emotive and and like i said so overindulgent it's just fantastic the height of indulgence here is the length of it so we have (laughs) we have the five minute 
36 seconds, I think, for the single that was released yeah, in the, the US. Yeah, the radio single, yep. You have the video, which is about seven and a half minutes. Yep. And then you have the album version that opens Bad Out of Hell to Back Into Hell. It is 12 minutes long. It's like a yes song. Yeah. So this is prog rock for the 90s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, this is coming out at a time when Nirvana's ruling in utero's come out. So yeah. grunge has kind of come in. Versus is out by Pearl Jam. So that's owning the charts in terms of our world. We're in high school. Yeah. And no one expected this to do what it did. Yeah. And it sort of made a um, sort of made a case that the rock and rollers of the 70s were not done by any stretch yeah so a funny uh funny story on this well not funny as much as it is boring but um when i transferred uh high schools in grade 11 i came in and my sister had the cd but she also had the tape of bad out of hell one it from uh from uh, 1997 so my family was well versed with uh with with meatloaf but at, at the school I kind of uh, early on, I kind of endeared myself to uh, to a couple a uh, couple of girls at the school because I was the guy that could get you the meatloaf. I was that guy, which uh, is uh, is sadly what I became known for yeah. as the guy that could get you the meatloaf. Um, it really didn't get any better for me from there. I was terrified of it. I just assumed it was uh, all Satanism. No, it's just. Uh, it's dramatic. It's theatrical. It is. And looking back on it, it's it's sort of like, uh, is it the word puerile? Would that be a word that it could be used in terms of what they, how they describe love? To me, this is like wedding vows written by a randy youngster. I would do anything for love. And they li- list all the things. They're like, well, I, I know you think that's love. Yeah. But let me tell you something, son. It's a lot more sickness, health. None of that shows up in this song. Yeah, no, no, no. This song is number one, November 6, 1993. Mm-hmm. The album itself peaks at number one and stays there for a while, as does the single, actually. The, this, this song was number one for four weeks. Yep. The album was number one on Devil's Night, 1993, the October 30th. That's when it uh, peaked at number peaked one. Peaked at number one? I mean, and it, and it sold a ton of copies. So in terms of history, we, we have to talk about meatloaf and jim steinman as a duo yeah it's not often you get this i mean you get this with elton john and bernie toppin Mm -hmm. maybe ian mcglynn and chris newkirk yes (laughs) but then there's also meatloaf and jim steinman and so jim steinman is writing all the lyrics and i think that he's writing the songs he's writing the songs yeah he's the songwriter yeah meatloaf is singing the song so it's all his vocal interpretation Mm -hmm. but steinman's sort of the mastermind, if you will. And here's some things that have been said about him. 
it's as if Phil Spector and Richard Wagner were making records together. They also said he was, uh, Steinman was like an intellectual Orson Welles with emotional sensibility frozen like a 17-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> which, which makes sense with the lyrics, right? Yeah. Like a- <laughs> and Steinman said, and this is all in exclamation points, my songs are not filled with plot. They are exploding with feeling. Yeah, that's a, yeah, it's a whole lot of something. <laughs> This album comes with a lot of confidence, even though Meatloaf hasn't really been on the scene as far as the U.S. goes in terms of succeeding too much yeah. throughout the 80s. Jim Steinman definitely has, yeah. but it has it has been a little while since he's yeah. really crushed it. Well, considering um, Bad Out of Hell, uh, the original, came out in 1977, this comes out in... Uh, 93 so there's a 16 year gap between those two albums yeah meatloaf released a couple of albums in between he did but they didn't have the same swagger that this one does that's right they're mostly because it was missing i didn't know there's one of them was a jim steinman yeah yeah it didn't go so well yeah but he he's coming in with the whole alternative sort of movement going on and and he takes you right back to theatrical rock music yes This song actually came out of a Bonnie Tyler song from one of her earlier albums. Yeah, that's right. It's a Um, throwaway line in the song Getting So Excited where she says, I would do anything for love, but I won't do that. And yeah. it just kind of hangs there. I listened to the song today and it just kind of, it's, it's in a story that I think is about a murder. I couldn't really tell what was going on, <laughs> but, um, was it a Jim Steinman song? It was a Jim Steinman produced song, yeah. but he didn't write it. But I think that he might've, he probably included that lyric and yeah. then he saved it. So as I mean, his albums, I realized he just reuses stuff until he gets it right. And so he'd been saving this line for like eight years. Yeah. And uh, yeah, Jim Steinman wrote a lot of songs for Bonnie Tyler as well. Total Eclipse of the Heart yes. is a Jim Steinman song. Yeah, I mean, he's he has Making Love It and Nothing at All, he also did. Yep. Um, holding Out for a Hero. And, well, there's a bunch there's of... There's a ton, yeah. Well, he did uh, Celine Dion's uh, It's All Coming Back to Me Now, right? Yeah, that came after this. Yeah, that yeah, was, yeah. Uh, that was his ultimate moment, I feel. Well, actually, I thought it was until I listened to the... Uh, this 12 minute version five or six <laughs> times today yeah and i think I've, this this is this is his um his pop. opus this is his oh this is yeah this yeah. is his flight of the meatloafies yeah to go, go with the wagner theme yeah <laughs> yeah so steinman said about the song it sort of is a little puzzle and i guess it goes by but they're all great things i won't stop doing beautiful things and I won't do bad things. It's very noble. I'm very proud of this song because it's very much like Out of the World of Excalibur. To me, it's like Sir Lancelot or something. Very noble, very chivalrous. That's my favorite song on the record. It's very ambitious. 
He's he's not wrong about the ambition. I'm not so sure about <laughs> Lancelot, but sure. The chivalry? The chivalry. Uh, I don't see it. Not it 100% like, sure. Yeah. I mean, sure. I guess, well, we'll work our way through the song. Yeah. Yeah, let's let's do that. Uh, jump into some of the lyrics here? Or? Yeah, I'm fine with that. Yeah. So, uh, the structure is pretty... T- it's, uh, it's hard to talk about this structure, but uh, it changes... The song is almost like several songs knit together it has a common theme but there's so much going on here well it the the album version is the length of about three and a half songs so yeah yeah according to one uh fan theory on the jim steinman wiki so he has his own wiki page he says each verse comprises two things that he would do for love followed by one thing that he would not do I didn't I didn't really notice that, so I thought I'd go back through the song. And that holds true for a little bit, and then it just kind of goes off. I think it goes off the rails. Yeah. But it does begin that way where he says, uh, let's see, I could bring it. And I would do anything for love. I'd run right into hell and back. I would do Okay, so two positives. I'd run right into hell and back. I'll never lie to you. And that's a fact. Okay, so that's positive. But then he says, I'll never forget the way you feel right now. Those are two nevers. Yeah, there are two nevers. Yeah, there are two sort of things he wouldn't do. You know, that's it. I'm not going to go on to Jim Steinman Wiki anymore for my information. No, this is, yeah, right off the hop. It's, that's it, amateur it, night here. Yeah. This is tricky because, so that that opening, yeah. I think that took about three minutes in on the album version to get to. Well, the let, let's talk a little bit about the album version because um, yeah. I know most people have probably heard the um, the single version on, yeah. the, on the radio. But on the album version, it starts with with a um, a motorcycle revving up. Yeah. But it sounds so... I remember hearing it on the album the first time and thinking, is something wrong with this CD? Because it doesn't sound like clean. It's kind of a, a really, really choppy motorcycle sound. Yeah. And not like choppy as in a chopper, but like it doesn't sound like a motorcycle necessarily it doesn't right? and so i guess it's a throwback to todd rundgren's production of okay Bad out of hell and they said we're gonna have to bring in a motorcycle to get the sound he goes and he said uh i can figure this out myself and he used a blown out speaker or amplifier oh, okay. to get the sound so that's why this motorcycle really is just 1990s production of a guitar sound making it sound like a motorcycle oh really okay but it's just it's kind of dated it doesn't feel yeah to me it's like why don't you just bring in a motorcycle that would that would have been easier yeah exactly right but i uh but it was definitely it begins with this sound where you know you're not going to get anything subtle for the next 12 minutes 12 minutes yeah And and after that, that's when the um, 
the piano really jumps in, oh, right? Oh, yeah. And it's Roy Bitten yeah. from the E Street Band. Yeah, he was also on Bad Out of Hell. You're correct. So Max Weinberg was also on uh, Bad Out of Hell. That's so right. It yeah. Was all about, so yeah. you notice on this, there's a big E Street sound, at least in that first album. It still carries to this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I mean, that my favorite part of the song, like instrumentally, I know we're talking about lyrics, but the instrumentally is those keys. Yeah. so great and there's a part like six minutes in on the album version <laughs> I, I like that we can talk six minutes in. six minutes in so, it's, so if you're on the radio you're already done this song but six minutes yeah. in it has this instrumental break yeah with these vocals going up high and then the keys and the vocals come back and it all blends together just to almost like a would it be an aria i actually have no idea what an aria yeah. is i'm trying to show off with the wagner thing <laughs> i don't listen to opera yeah, well, this is this is a modern day rock opera. It, yes, for sure, right? Yeah. But uh, like as much as there are the searing guitar solos and the uh, the thundering drums, it's really the keys I find that drives this uh, this song through. That it's really the backbone of the song. Are there any lyrics that jump out at you? I mean, what doesn't jump out? At well, you? that is exactly. This is the problem of trying to. Usually, it's like, oh, I like this lyric, and like, there's so much going on here. Everything is so big about it, right? Like, uh, as long as the planets are turning, as long as the stars are burning, as long as your dreams are coming true, you better believe it. Like, this is just huge. We're yeah. not talking. We're we're not talking micro. We're talking everything macro. It's so big, which makes sense because meatloaf is from Texas, right? And apparently, everything is big in Texas. That is a great part of the song, too, because it's just leading towards that I would do anything for love. I mean, that everyone knows that chorus. Yeah. You know, when it comes out, people know it. The The use of but instead of and throws the whole song off in terms of make, it makes it ambiguous. Yeah. Had they said, I would do anything for love and I won't do that, you would know exactly what they're talking about. Yep. However, Steinman puts in but, so it says, yeah. I would do anything for love but I won't do that. And like, well, okay, so he'd do almost anything for love? And it's, you know, the big argument would be um, people don't know what the joke was. They don't know what he wouldn't do. Yeah. Although I don't get that because the song is really clear about what he wouldn't do for love. Yeah, yeah. What is that? Depends on what your definition of the word that is. Exactly. The, there we go. <laughs> now this sounds like my classes that I was teaching. <laughs> 
Is that what was the one you said? As long as the um, planets are turning. Yeah. So I was just going back to as long as the wheels are turning, as long as the fire's burning, as long as your prayers are coming true. You, you better, better believe, believe it. it. Yeah. I love the. So I like. I like. That's my favorite part too. The, every time he comes back to that. So and then it, it, the release is the chorus. Yep. Well, I'd like, um, I like throughout the song, so it's meatloaf. And then at the end, there's, uh, there's the back and forth with, uh, with the female singer. Yeah, that is my ultimate favorite part. Yeah. Yeah. And the female singer, it was, um, uh, what's her name? Uh, Lorraine Crosby who recorded the version and she was credited as Mrs. Loud yeah. on the album. They didn't even give, they didn't, they didn't even give her give name. Her name and, Give her the like the proper credit for the song. <laughs> they, so she was asked to do a guide vocal. They flew her in to do a guide vocal, yeah. and then they use the guide vocal. So re- I guess they do this in these songs where you have the vocal, the singer sings to that vocal, and yeah. then they thought about bringing in Cher, yeah, or Bonnie Tyler, Tyler yeah. or somebody. Melissa else. Etheridge was no, the other one. Melissa Etheridge. Yeah. So they use Lorraine Crosby's guiding vocal, and she gets paid absolutely nothing she gets no so had it been anyone else they would have got money and to me it's a low move because they could have given her they could have just given her money yeah they they didn't have to cut a deal they could have just given her something yeah and to me that seems especially cruel because it was such a huge seller and she was like in poverty yeah well and to be credited as mrs loud right so anyone who's looking like trying to and this is pre-internet days right so this is you yeah you can't go i I couldn't go on Wikipedia in 93 because it didn't exist. Yeah. So we never knew who she was because exactly. we could have sent her yeah. money. Yeah. Yeah. Now, a little side side note here. When Meatloaf, whenever he would go to her part of um, ooh, England, England, I think she's yeah. England. Newcastle. Newcastle. Yeah. She, he would have her come on stage and sing that part of the song. Oh, really? Every time he okay. called her. So she would always be up there. Oh, that's, well, I mean, that, that's big of him to do yeah. that, right? He still made her pay for her ticket. And, well, yeah, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's meatloaf. You, you don't see that for free. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I feel like there's so much going on in that song that's yeah. almost repetitive that I just want to jump to that end yeah. where, she, where she's talking because that finally gets to the whole point. Yeah. Now, I know you, you've mainly been thinking about the uh, single version. Yeah. Now, in my world... It's nine and a half minutes in before she shows up. <laughs> so you think it's nine and a half minutes and then we get yeah. the female vocal. So we finally get that duet. And she asks all those questions Yeah, where she says, will you raise me up? Will you help me down? Will you get me right out of this godforsaken town? Will you make it a little less cold? So I can do that. Oh, I can do that. <laughs> That's, that sounds either lusty or menacing frank i haven't decided it's lustily menacing yeah and that's a bit of a bruce springsteen sort of thing get out of the town that's a bit of born to run no i won't do will you raise me up will you help me down will you get me right out of this godforsaken town will you make it all a little less cold 
So she asks all these questions because yeah. uh, depending on what version, the single version, there's three parts. In the, yeah. my version, there's six. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then she starts asking him things that he's not going to do. Oh, wait. I, we have to talk about the last thing she asks him. Will you cater to every fantasy I got? See, this is... this. Ties into what my favorite, one of my favorite parts of the song. If if I can pick, you pick it up part, there. Yeah, it's yeah. Will you cater to every fantasy I got? Will you hose me down with holy water if I get too hot? But hot. then, yeah, that 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 uh, that. Will you hose me down with holy water if I get too hot? Hot. <laughs> like <laughs> it's just so good. <laughs> I got a question about that. That's the part that I always remember. Because when I heard it in 93, I'm like, did she just say hose me down with holy water? Yeah. Now, because this is a Halloween song for me, I wrote down a question here in my notes. Let me bring it up here. Won't the holy water burn them? Because they're vampires. Well, she's not a vampire. He seems to be some sort of like, I don't, he's not a Dracula. I think he's uh, just like a kind of a wolf man. Yeah. I still think holy water might mess with them if we're sticking yeah. within. I, I, Meatloaf and Jim Steinman, keep your hands out of the holy water if you yeah. know what's good for you. Well, might get burnt. Yeah. But if she's getting hosed down with holy water, like that's, yeah, because she's not a Dracula. No. But if, if you want to get hosed down with holy water, maybe, uh, okay, now I'm getting prudish here, but I, <laughs> I, I, I'm getting offended. The song is offending me. I take it back. Yeah. I don't like this song. <laughs> but you got to. Now she turns things. It's the big turn, yeah. which in your version is around four and a half minutes. In mine, yeah. it's 11 minutes. Yeah. In my version, she says, w- will you just think this is a Midsummer Night's Fling yeah. and it's time to move on? And he says, I won't. I'm not going to do that. And then there's the big one I remember where she says, I know the territory I've been around. It'll all turn to dust and we'll all fall down. This I never heard this in a song in the 90s. Yeah. Sooner or later, you'll be screwing around. And she says it with such disdain, like you, like she's just angry. Yeah. Because she knows that, or she believes that he—that's what he's going to do. I won't do that. I know the territory up and around. It'll all turn to dust, and we'll all fall down. Sooner or later, you'll be screwing around. The other thing that I, another part that I really, really love of this song mm-hmm. is his response to it. It's not like he's just so earnest. Like, listen yeah. to the emotion in his voice. It's like, I won't do that. No. <laughs> like, it's so earnest. It's yeah. so sincere. It is. Like, it's just like, you really believe him. He's yeah. not going to be screwing around. No. No. He'll be doing things for love. I won't. No, I won't do that. So I'm going to jump ahead here just because this fits. In the song universe, yeah. this fits perfectly in terms of a counterpoint to Paradise by the Dashboard Lights. Because yeah. in that one... He's just wants to go all the way. Yeah. But it, which comes up in both versions, depending yeah. if you're listening to the album versions. So he says in the paradise, he wants to go all the way. In this one, he says, yeah. 
uh, I'll never forgive myself if I don't go all, all the, the way. way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And tonight. Tonight, yeah. <laughs> and that was in both versions. Yeah. But in that, in that version, she says, she makes demands things from him. Will you do this? Will you stay yeah. with me? Yeah. And he does it only because he wants to go all the way, and then he's praying for the end of time. Yeah. But in this one, a more mature, although I, I put quotation marks around that, the mature version of Meatloaf is, not only will I do that, I, I won't do all the things you're worried about because I will stay yeah. and forever yeah. like a vampire. Like a vampire. And so uh, that's... Can we call him a Dracula instead? I like yeah. calling him a Dracula. Yeah, because he doesn't look... He's not a vampire because vampires are a little more... Um, yeah. They have more style. Vampires... Grace. Draculas are sexier, I think. Yeah, he's he's a, he's a more beast, if we yeah. could say. Yeah. Shrek-like possibly <laughs> or like ron perlman from beauty and the beast yeah. from, the, from the 80s yes he's definitely he's a ron perlman that's yeah that's a good call so uh okay so i just want to put the paradise by the dashboard lights there that my, there's my song universe category yeah well this is, naturally leads us to that video yeah uh, frank do you want to give a synopsis for our listeners who've seen the video but i don't know if they have seven and a half minutes to watch it it is all over the place yeah okay there's motorcycle chases, there's a falling chandelier, yep. there's women bathing, there's women floating, there's smashing mirrors, yep. um, there's like heartfelt declarations of love. Did you mention levitating? There's Yeah, there's levitating, um, there's police, there's helicopters, it's... And a transformation. From- and a transformation, yes, because... Uh, in in the video, if you haven't seen it, the woman who is the object of Meatloaf's beastly infatuation accepts him as he is. Yeah. And once he opens himself up to that love, he transforms back into Meatloaf, which it's a lateral move, but uh, that's uh, I'm just not attracted to Meatloaf. So that's uh, that's all I'm going to say about that. And uh, only one person could really direct this video. Yeah, it's um, it has Michael Bay's fingerprints all over yeah. it. So the man who brought us Transformers and Transformers Two and Transformers Three, yeah, and Four and Five, <laughs> and Con Air and The Rock, and Armageddon. Oh yes, okay, and Bad Boys. Yes, it foreshadowed everything that was to come. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I forgot. There's also amulets in the video. Yes, <laughs> I don't. Know, I I can I can kind of see everything else, but the amulet like. It's it's just there. And the video itself... Oh, and there's Draculas. There's Draculas. It's it's very... Like sexy Draculas. Yeah. I mean, it's, a, it's very much an... Uh, it's not a Hallmark movie. No, no, no. It's not even Hallmark After Dark. Yeah. This is like on a different channel yeah, where this... I think if you went to this channel, it would be watching something in photo negative for those listeners who know what I'm talking about. <laughs> it's it's City TV Friday night at yeah. 11. Yeah, I think so. I think Jim Steinman is all about that. Yeah. Should we talk about some trivia here? Yeah, let's uh let's hit up some trivia. This is the longest song in terms of like length for a Billboard number 1. It beat out Hey Jude by like 20 seconds. Counterpoint? Yep. It was the longest. Right. Until Oasis all around the world locked in at nine minutes and 20 seconds. Okay. So that in the UK. In the UK. But in the US, it's the longest. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, that didn't uh, chart, uh, didn't make number one in in 
the U.S. Okay. Yeah, the Oasis definitely yeah. did not. And UK, I want to call you. I love our UK fans. We 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 know we see you. Mm-hmm. But um, the nine minute Oasis, I don't know about that. Yeah. I don't. But uh, that's okay. Um, we talked to Mrs. Loud. The uh, trivia. Well, the, you the, our friends in the UK love meatloaf. Yeah. So I mean, he did very well in the eighties. Still, he was still charting. And Bad Out of Hell, the nine-minute song, was a hit in the 70s yeah. there. So they've um, Meatloaf sells very well in England. So I, I think there's a soft spot in England for that sort of grandiose sentiment, despite the, the sort of notion of a reserved Englishman and all that stuff. Yeah. The UK really do love the sort of um, bombastic stuff. Yeah, the theatrical singing with conviction of a, of a, of a meatloaf. The phrase "sex and guns and rock and roll," yeah, which is a really odd part of the song. Yeah, it's like, oh, why would you pray to that? The original lyrics were "sex, drugs, and rock and roll." Yeah, so this is how crazy things are in our uh, neighboring country, and maybe ours too. Yeah, is that if you just substituted in guns instead of drugs, you'll run into less trouble with the censors. Is it uh, sex and guns? Yeah, sex and gun. Isn't it sex guns? It's sex and drums. I thought sex and drums and rock and roll. Oh frig! Let me go to this. I gotta go. I've been saying. Gu- oh well, this would be the category misheard lyric. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I gotta go back to this. Frig! I got the twelve minute version. I could be scrolling forever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's see. It's about halfway. There it is. Oh, it is the god of sex and drums and rock and roll. Yeah. Well, okay. My apologies, uh, United States of America. It's drums. But yep. uh, there you go. Category for misheard lyrics. Yep. There I got mine. I thought it was sex and guns and rock and roll. And some days I pray for silence. And some days I pray for soul. Some days I just pray to the God of sex and drums and rock and roll. Uh, okay, more. I got more. Tri- one more trivia for you, Frank. Uh, Meatloaf uh-huh. played a bus driver in what famous rock and roll movie from the 90s oh um yeah because the uk loves uh loves love Meatloaf. Meatloaf. it was a uh, spice world spice world then he's they asked him to clean the bathrooms and he said i love the girls but i won't do that <laughs> classic meatloaf yeah okay um categories categories let's hear them okay could michael bolton yes okay could celine dion yes Okay, I agree with that. Um, <laughs> yeah. This is going to be really quick cat, uh, categories is. here. All right, I got another one. Could Air Supply? Air Supply could, but it would lack the power that needs yeah. to be there. But Celine Dion and Michael Bolton definitely can do that. And for, for those who are uh, listening and intuitive, this is all foreshadowing of uh, uh, future episodes here, too. Yeah, most definitely. Um, I was going to say mixtape, but my yeah. version is 12 minutes. And I think yeah, it takes up the, the mixtape. <laughs> it's entire, it is. There's nothing to follow it. Well, what other, what other songs? I mean, theatrical songs, like a, an, an opus like this would make it onto a, a mixtape. My thing is like Boney M has theatricality, but they're yeah. so funny. Yeah. That it doesn't like Ra- Rasputin. Yeah. Doesn't really match 
the earnestness, the ridiculous earnestness of the song yeah. too. It, they'd all have to be meatloaf songs. You know what? Not, or Jim Steinman songs. Yeah. Um, but I think uh, I think similar universe songs lyrically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would do anything for love, but I won't do that. Also, said I loved you, but I lied. Yes. Because it was more than love that Michael Bolton was feeling exactly. inside. That is true. I think that might fit. That's the album. It's just two songs. Just two songs. Yeah, there's your mixtape. A side to B side. Yeah, I think you f- you close with Michael Bolton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because this is so exhausting. That you, you, <laughs> it's just you got to come down with some Bolton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, uh, I have my go-to. Is like, can you do this in a in a um, public school talent show? Absolutely not. No, no, that is no. not making past the censors. Would Chris Newkirk like this song i don't know yeah this is, chris has surprised us in the in the past yeah. that uh he's come out in favor of a couple of the songs we, we never thought that he would but i think his sensibilities would be so offended by this song that yeah. he would he would have to say no even if he did secretly love it yeah i think he has he likes the theatrical but the maximality yeah if i may use that word <laughs> just would offend his sort of senses yeah 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 oh i would do Did you love this song, Chris? I kind of like it. I yes. I hated it when it came out. I did. But it came out in 1993. I mean, I was... Uh, there's no way my sensibilities would have allowed right. for that bit of... I don't know what you would even call it. I guess it's fun. It's fun. But it's silly fun. Um, it doesn't necessarily track as silly fun until you kind of just go, okay, it's a silly fun. His name is silly fun, right? Like he calls himself Meatloaf. It's silly fun. I don't know. You have to give him credit. This was a this was a number one hit in 1993, like right after what a year or two after Teen Spirit. Like yeah, yeah. Like this broke through a world of grunge and boy bands. This song, it's it's lampoony. It's like just ridiculous fun. We we were out tonight, the four of us, the whole family. And we we're driving back, and I'm like, I gotta do some. Ho- I gotta, I gotta continue some homework. And we put it on, and I asked for everybody to rate it out of ten. Um, Finn gave it a five out of twenty, so <laughs> oh. it's really two two point five out of ten. He's wow. He's, play- he's playing the naysayer. Wow. But Jade was belting it out in the in the seat, and we were just yeah. so. And I don't know it as well, sir, but you, you kind of know it well enough. It was a number one hit for a long enough time, and I was a, a sentient human at that point. Um, like it's fun to sing. It's stupid. It's fun. He's kind of like the Yogi Berra of pop music, isn't he? It's these sort of ridiculous, paradoxical, punny titles. They're silly. I mean, the whole this whole song, it's a funny, stupid joke. It's somehow funny. It's like an SNL skit. Um, it's so bad, it's, it's good. Here's another category. It's not much of a category. Yeah. Well, it is a category. Okay. Here's another one. When we talked to Liz for our Lionel Richie Stuck on You episode, she yeah. said that we have our fun, guilt-free pleasure songs. Yeah. And then 
she challenged us to find sexier guilt-free pleasure songs. Yeah. Is this is this in either of those categories? I think it's a sexy fun song. So okay, so this is bridging that sort. Of, yeah, yeah. Okay, which the, which would explain why I'm still so alone. Yeah. So if you're taking someone out on a date, you're probably oh, this is playing. This is playing. Okay. Absolutely right. Okay. <laughs> This is why I don't get second dates. That's right. <laughs> well, if you played the album version, you wouldn't have to worry because a date would never end. Exactly, yeah. Okay, let's see. Oh, I have one more. Yeah. Uh, how far do you have to drive to listen to the entire song? <laughs> <laughs> I think, um, well, if you're on the highway, and let's let's do a little bit of math here, and say 100 kilometers an hour for 12 minutes. So you are a fifth of a... So twenty kilometers. Yeah, you're twenty. You're twenty k. So from here, it's you're into Beamsville. Okay, so that's on the highway. Yeah, so you're gonna you gotta drive twenty kilometers away from wherever you are. Yeah, basically. Or, yeah. What is that in miles? Um, it's I like, should ask a math. It's teacher. a thirteen. It's a just yeah, just under thirteen, under thirteen 1. miles. 6, right. Okay. All right, American fans, thirteen miles. Man, I gotta say, it's a Halloween song. I'm not a big fan of Halloween, so no. I feel ex- I feel exhausted just by listening to this song repeatedly over the last few days. Yep. And I'm really looking forward to the end of Halloween so I can get my Christmas mixes on. And we can have our, our Christmas episodes. Oh yeah, I'm looking forward to this. But uh, for this Halloween, we, uh, we hope that you enjoyed, uh, enjoyed this podcast and enjoyed this episode and... Uh, Say you can do anything that you want, but please don't do that. Don't do that.